he was also abusive to my mom, but the mistake is he taught her how to fight. Oh, and and yeah. once once she learned, yeah. she she could t- she could hold her own against him. Yeah. So he he got to a point where like, okay, we're not going to fight anymore. <laughs> Real Talk with Star Scorpio Season 7. So I linked up with my guest today on an app called Rizzo. Um, We were in lockdown on COVID. We had a lot of things in common. And I seen that he had a fun side to him. And um, at the same time, he was knowledgeable about music, especially with the rock band Kiss. I actually just visited the state that he lives in right now. Florida just came back. And um, I want to learn more about my guest, Ken, because he has a lot to share. So we're going to get into it today. Ken, welcome to Real Talk with Star Scorpio. How are you doing today? All right, my man, Mr. Star Scorpio. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do, you, do you prefer to go by Peter, Peter? Yeah, you know what's funny, Ken? The, the people that I grew up with that I have on the show that are comedians, DJs, whatever, they're like, um, do I call you Star or Star? You know what I mean? I'm like, no, you just call me Peter. They know me as Peter. But some okay. of the people that I met on Rizzo, like um, Wrench Turner and them, they call me Star, right? But it, it doesn't matter what you call me on the show. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. cool. All right. I'm... Wait, Go ahead. On. <laughs> All right. So, Ken, let's get into this. So with Real Talk, we like to build a timeline, right? So first question is, where were you born and raised? I was born in Port Huron, Michigan. That's about 60 miles uh, from Detroit Rock City. And I was raised in Lake Port, which is right next door to uh, Port Huron. Port Huron, yeah. So how was that growing up? Because, you know, I'm from Toronto. You're from the States. Tell me about the the area and, and the growing up, the experience you had. Even like family, you can touch on family. Okay, I'll try to keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up uh, Lake Effect Snow. Uh, so growing up where snow banks are taller than you are, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> so that alone, um, my family, my father, physically and verbally abusive alcoholic. Um, it was a pretty regular thing uh, growing up as a kid, hearing my mom's screaming bloody murder, especially on Friday nights, mm. uh, physical violence. Um, he would be out to the bars trying to pick up girls. Mm. She knew that. So she'd just be home brewing. And as yeah. soon as he came in the door, she'd be jab, 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 jab you know, arguing with him, to, to just goading him. Almost yeah. like, okay, I need you to beat me up. <laughs> so yeah. my childhood, uh, for lack of better words, sucked. Yeah. And so- inevitably, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I want you to continue, but just to let everyone know that's listening or watching, like, yeah, I have a lot of guests on in a lot of different um, professions, careers, and we're touching on something different today because when you shared with me this information um, on um, an email, I was like, oh, wow. And if we get into this, this would be good because this is like real stories too, which I want to do from real people. And some people had you know, traumatic childhoods or whatever, right? So, yeah, I'm glad you're sharing this. So, yeah, continue. Well, um, the one way I can put it, too, is if you stop and think about it, parents are the computer programmers. The kid mm-hmm. is the computer. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're inputting into your child, well, <laughs> you're kind of going to get it out of them. 
So yeah. my father was uh, especially verbally abusive. Uh, be like, he was uh, he could build houses and stuff like that. He worked as a mason. Uh, so the thing is, is that it'd be, hey, come in the garage. I'm going to show you something. It's like, oh God, here we go. Yeah. Go in the garage, and it wouldn't be a very short period of time. You'd be like, you're retarded. You can't figure out what the hell you're doing. You stupid. You know. So I grew up being instilled into my mind that you're retard. You're stupid. You can't learn anything. Mm-hmm. Yippee ki yay! <laughs> and inevitably, uh, my mom was really close with her father, and her father was absolutely against divorce. Okay. But inevitably, he passed, and she got to a point where I'm done. Uh, I have a brother too, who's a year older. So she came to us and said, "Listen, you got to understand something. I got to leave you guys." And we're like, "Oh my God, no! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't leave us with Dad." Yeah. And she swore, "I'm going to be back." It seemed like a year, may not have been. Um, all of a sudden, she was back, and she said, "Hey, I, I'm remarried. Would you guys like to meet my new husband and come move to Florida?" <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm ready for that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, my stepfather, he was better. My stepfather was really more like a dad. Uh, he worked as what's called a boilermaker for nuclear plants. Okay. So he was gone a lot. But he had this thing about definitely drinking, definitely doing a lot of pills and whatever. And the way he grew up, he grew up in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was a young man, into his even into his 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. the thing to do for entertainment was to go to the bar with his buddies get drunk and then pick a fight. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So he was also abusive to my mom, but the mistake is he taught her how to fight. And and once, once she learned, she, she could, she could hold her own against him. So he he got to a point where like, okay, we're not going to fight anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. So yeah, I'm glad you're sharing this with me, but quick question. Like, First of all, how how old are you now? Because I, I always um age people on my show just to get a perspective on uh the the era you grew up in and everything. So how old are you now? Sure, for for for, for uh, I can talk. I swear. Let's re-edit that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for uh, future perspective, I'm 59. I'm going to be 60 November 5th, 2023. Yo, you're a Scorpio too. I think we talked. Yeah, brother. Yeah, November well, 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, sixty. Okay, I'm I'm forty nine. And then, how tall are you though? Because I want to get perspective. How tall was your mom and your uh, and your real? My dad? mom was. I'm five nine. My mom was a little shorter than me, probably about five four, five five. Okay. My dad, my dad was a, probably about five ten, a little taller than me. I got a brother. He's about the same height as me. Just for perspective, my brother and I do not get along at all. We're literally opposite sides of the coin. Mm. <laughs> my brother has been in in and out of prison, jail since the age of 15. Uh, he's also physically, verbally abusive, alcoholic, um, confrontational, argumentative, has attacked me out of nowhere, uh, has stolen property of mine, had sex with my first fiance. <laughs> uh, and then I found out years later, we had a stepsister that he had been molesting our stepsister when she was like five, six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. So we don't get along. <laughs> Wait, so you're okay to share this? You're okay to yeah, share I don't this? Yeah, I'm real. That's my, my nickname is Real Hey Ken. So I'm about yeah. as real as it can get. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm going to ask you about that name in a minute later on. Oh, uh, yeah. There's yeah. a story yeah. behind it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the reason I asked your height, and I want to get your mom's height, too, is because you're saying 
your stepdad taught her how to fight. So I want to get perspective on, because I know height doesn't mean a lot. It when it comes to fighting too, um, it's it's how you you it's defensive and how do you handle things and all that. There's a lot of little intricacies with fighting, but you know her being a woman and then him being a man. How tall was he, the stepdad? Um, I would say he was uh, probably about my a little taller than me. Five, probably five ten, but he was a big guy. Yeah, he. I mean, muscular, big guy. Mm. Uh, his nickname was Buster, so that kind of might give you a clue right there. <laughs> so yeah, and then, but she could handle him from inevitably. He, uh, inevitably, she got to a point because he was actually teaching her how yeah. to, you know, fit. And I'm t- seriously to how to, you know, punch and how to fight. And inevitably, they were in a fight one time. She cold copped him right in the nose and broke his nose. Oh. And then, he, and he, and he says. And he just laughed it off and said, you know, I love you. And they hugged and he said, we ain't fighting no more. Now you know how to protect yourself and I ain't going to be that stupid again. So, (laughs) yeah. Oh, my God. But there was a few years that it was pretty, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm back into it. But it wasn't as bad. Mm -hmm. But when they did go at it, uh, you know, still like not something you really want to be around, you know, involved with. But (laughs) yeah. And I know. So I want to go back to where you grew up before we get on the Florida topic, too. Because I know age plays a role in this and how you receive this information or or visual attacks on your mom. So how old were you when um this started, like the abusive uh, side of your dad? How old were you? Because it must have affected you. Because I also want to ask about school. How did it affect you in school? But how did it affect you? How old were you? Oh, from the get-go. I mean, from as much as I can remember, as young as I can remember, if uh, there was violence of some form, if not literally really loud yelling and stuff being, you could hear stuff being, you know, thrown. You could tell because it's hitting the wall or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it it, uh, it definitely foobarred me. I mean, because my school grades were bottom. Yeah. And... uh so, uh, yeah, I had an issue. I don't have a problem saying it. I had an issue for years where I didn't want to get up at nighttime because I was afraid. So I would pee the bed because wow. I didn't want to get up because yeah. I was afraid if my dad's up and he hears me, who knows what might happen. So it took me quite a years, quite a few years to get uh, probably eight, nine years old before I finally said, I got to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized I kept wondering, how come the friends I had never really wanted to hang around me? Oh, mm. damn. The boy who smells like pee. <laughs> yeah. It took me many years to figure that out because I figured it was me. And yeah, mm. in school, forget about it. I was a basket case. Yeah. Back in those days, you're talking, you know, the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the school system was, is it, it was basically like, just pass them. It don't yeah. matter if he has D's and E's, just pass them on to the next year. <laughs> oh, wow. So. Yeah. Wow. So you touched on friends now. So did your friends know? about the the family environment and what happened to you i seriously doubt it the friends was a bizarre situation because my friends i had two there were two of the most popular kids in the that and their family had money you could just kind of tell that they had a pool they were the popular kids in the neighborhood they were my friends well i could see their house from where i lived mm-hmm. uh, it's right down the street and I'd call, hey, Mike, what's going on? Are we going to, you know, we're nothing. We're not doing anything. We're not going anywhere. Then I'd see them like they're actually think they can go across the road crouching and I'm not going to see them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I got a pane window this big, you know, and mm-hmm. I could see them down the street crouching, going across the road. 
So they would, I would inevitably find them most times wherever they went, Mm -hmm. but I never had the gumption to ask them. And I wish I did. How come you guys take off on me and don't want to hang out with me? So it was just kind of a bizarre friendships. (laughs) Do you know those guys now? One, uh, the Mike and Larry Newman, what are their names? Uh, I had heard many years ago that Larry committed suicide uh, Mike, I tended to believe as I got older that he might have been on the other side of the fence, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. gay. Yeah. Um, because we had a particular time was a New Year's party at uh, this girl's house that we both knew. And there was one other girl there. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about we kiss at midnight. Mm-hmm. So but he was turning all red and back. He didn't like being around girls a lot. I don't know for sure. But and I'm, of course, I've lost touch with all of those people. The only one I wish I still had touch with, if I could change anything, mm-hmm. would be a girl named Peggy Turner. Because when I went to school, literally from kindergarten uh, through uh, fifth grade, mm-hmm. I had an absolute crush on this girl. Absolute crush. Uh, and I, in fourth grade, we switched to a different school. Fifth grade was by itself. And I knew sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, she wasn't going to be in the school I'm in. Mm-hmm. But I knew come ninth grade we were going to be back in the same school. Yeah. So here comes high school, ninth grade. And finally I see her, but I'm like, she knew me. She knew who I was. She knew the kid who was banging his head on the wall, banging his head with books, throwing mm-hmm. himself down on the floor, having temperature tantrums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't, I couldn't inevitably. I was actually talking to some other girl at a locker and she came walking up. She said, Hey, you remember being pagan? I kind of like, yeah, but I kind of like blew her off and I wish I'd never done that. I wish I had told her right then and there. Because, dude, I've had dreams for years, vivid dreams, mm-hmm. where I finally told her, you won't believe how much of a crush I had on you. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yo, thanks for sharing that, man. Um, yeah, when you reminisce, you telling that story now, when you reminisce, did you feel that emotion from oh, back Oh, yeah, absolutely, day, right? absolutely. Yeah. I can actually still see... I can't vision what she looks like now, but I can vision her as a kid. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm serious, dude. Many, many, many dreams I've had about were f- it was so realistic that I swear to myself. I'm like, did I actually finally get to tell her? <laughs> yeah, no, so. that's crazy. Um, This is interesting, though, because when I asked, this is why I like conversations with people. Because now when I ask these questions, the would you rather question, and then you'll see, you, if you listen to the podcast, you know what I'm getting at. I want to hear what you say about um, a few things. Because just starting our conversation, you know, you're going deep with it. You know what I mean? About mm-hmm. family and everything. So in school, though, so you told me how school was for you, though. But your home environment now, and you're now your friends, teachers, you know, I watch a lot of movies and shows and things, right? And they always show, like, when it has students in it, they always show, like, a teacher that was kind of inspirational or looked out for one of the kids and all that stuff. In your life, do you have any teachers that had an insight of what was going on at home? Or- not an ins- not an insight, but I definitely have a teacher who was a very strong influence on me, but none of my teachers had a clue that I know of what was going on in my home. Mm-hmm. But, but my fifth grade teacher, which was a school by itself, it was only a fifth grade. There was no other grades. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pagan. Mr. Pagan um, 
he would he'd walk around the class and he's kind of hunched over with his hands behind his back all the time. Yeah. And I figure, well, he's just, you know, um, uh, smart, you know, like a professor might do that walking around while he's talking to the class. Mm. And the, the great thing about him is on Fridays would be science day. Okay. And he would always do something that was visual. I ate that up. I lo- I got the, I mean, my best grades and best time in school was science. Yeah. Okay. And inevitably I got up the, the courage one time, you know, he's talking to the class and they're asking stuff, whatever, more about science or whatever. And I said, I asked him, how come he walks like he walks, hunched over? Mm-hmm. Well, it's long story short, he had back issues. Yeah, so scolic, uh, I can't even say the word. Scoliosis or something? <laughs> Thank Scoliosis. you. That, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he had to walk. He, so he had to walk like that, pushing on his back with his arm, his hands from behind to mm-hmm. kind of relieve some of the pain. So. Okay. So he was an influence in what way, though? Just in in the fact of getting me interested in uh, those days in school. Like He got me interested in science for dang sure. Mm-hmm. And also in those days in school, they didn't have any kind of classes about the planets. Yeah. And I wanted to learn about the planets. Mm-hmm. And it, that's what he kind of instilled into me is you want to learn something, learn it. If, if it's not there being taught to you. So by the time I got to sixth grade, I... I'm not one to read. I've only read five books cover to cover in my life, <laughs> but I got me a book about astrology, you know, yeah. and the stars and the planets. So I learned, I wanted to learn for whatever reason, what are the, you know, from the closest to the sun, farthest away in right. order, what are the planets? So yeah, that's kind of influenced me there. Yeah. You know, can we have something in common there? And that, that's where I used to get down on myself. I told a couple of my guests, like I, I wasn't an avid reader. I was, I was TV guy. And I think it's because when I look at books, like words were, mixed up i mixed up for me like i always think i was dyslexic i never got diagnosed with it but um and my imagination is very that's why i was in comedy it's i'm more an imaginative person i don't know if that's right right brain or left brain right but um creative so when i sit down and read a book i'm thinking about other things and i'm not interested in the book unless it's something i really want to learn about so i guess that's with you with astrology too but yeah, there's a couple books that I read where I can just, I can't put it down, but it's under 20 <laughs> besides the school <laughs> projects where you had to write an essay on. Yeah. Right. The short stories. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. I don't count. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but at home, but, uh, man, probably less than 20, man. Not good, not good, but whatever. Yeah. I can remember the books because uh, two were uh, biographies from Gene Simmons from Rock Crew Kiss. Uh, yeah. They both, they both, both the books suck. Yeah. Um, then, then I were luck. I fought tooth and nail because I'm a bigger fan of Paul Stanley from Kiss than Gene Simmons. Okay. And I fought tooth. He'd put out a book called um, um, "Behind the Music." Um, I'm trying to remember the entire t- title, but anyway, mm-hmm. it was his first book, and I was apprehensive to get it. Uh, a life exposed behind the music. Okay. I believe mm-hmm. that's what it's called. So I was reluctant to get it because I'm thinking it's biography way and i'm thinking he's not going to tear into gene about any it's going to suck but i be being a fan uh, and i found the book still in hard copy for a good price okay Mm -hmm. so i read it and i was well pleased with the fact that not obviously because he's in the rock road kiss it's in the book but there's a lot there's a it's his life yeah and then he did dig into gene some and i'm like good because you know there's no way that you know two people are getting along all the time, like two peas right. in a pod. So. Right. 
Yeah, I want to get into that when we talk about Kiss, because you know your stuff, man. You know your stuff. But now, so I got the background now, um, and then you moved to Florida. So Yay. how was that experience? How was that <laughs> oh, experience? brother, <laughs> night and day. Yeah. Night and day. Seriously. I mean, okay, I'm, you know, coming from snow country, although story of Ken's life in a nutshell, mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming in off I-95 into Florida, 1977, January, into Fort Pierce. It's snowing. What? Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I came to Florida to get away from this stuff. And there was actually enough snow that you could make a snowball. And then oh. it was, uh, I think it was two years later, yeah, it was 79, my first hurricane, which was only a category one. It was David. I remember the name of it. Yeah. The eye of the storm came right over Fort Pierce. No, up north, you have tornadoes. I never saw one, but the, close enough to where, you know, the wind comes and then it goes. Yeah. Hurricane, you're talking like eight hours of wind going like freaking 80, 90, whatever miles. An and then it calms down when the eye comes over. That's mm. eight more hours. I wasn't oh. used to that. <laughs> like, what the hell is this, man? Is somebody trying to tell me I don't belong here or what? <laughs> I have a few questions about that later, too. Because um, okay. as you know, we just came back from Florida. So if you know the answers, that'd be good. But yeah, I want to sure. ask about a few things, man, including like alligators and stuff, man, and, and also the wet weather. But um, okay, so you move from Florida and then of course, besides the snow and that one incident and the hurricanes that you get probably every season, though. But that sunshine is probably amazing. But, you know, if it's too hot, like I see one of your posts, man, you got to, like, stay inside of things, right? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Especially yeah. this is uh, I'm everybody's, you know, pretty much around the country this year. It certainly seems OK. I'm used to Florida temperatures. I'm used to it. I'm used. It's July. It's yeah. normal for it to be in the, you know, mid nineties. Yeah. Humidity level is usually up 80%. You walk outside and you're drenching wet from sweat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Florida. You're yeah. used to that, <clears throat> but it's been more of a, almost not, not a humid heat, but a, uh, not a dry heat, but somewhere in between of steam heat. Yeah. So when you're outside now, uh, you know, temperature being like 91, but they feel like temperature is over a hundred. And if you're out in the sun itself, you feel that yeah. you're feeling it. You're like, oh, this isn't good. I feel like an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps I should find shade. <laughs> you know what, though, Ken? Before I ask, I, I'm going to ask next. Next thing I want to know is how you got your, your name. Um, hey, Ken. But just to let you know, when we were there like last week, it was hot, but it wasn't hot like when I went the first time um, mm -hmm. years ago. We went to Orlando. That was hot. And like I was frying, but this time we had some rain when we went. Uh, we mm -hmm. were in Tampa and um, it was hot, but you know, I could take it. But when we went to the beach in Clearwater, I, I felt it then. Um, and when we went to Bush Gardens, you told me I, I messaged you, right? We're going to, we're going to Bush Gardens, but you said, you said, stay <laughs> hydrated. And I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I kept telling my wife, yo, Ken, tell me to stay hydrated, man. <laughs> she was laughing because I was like, give me that water, let's get that water. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, okay. mm -hmm. I I dug that video. I saw that you your wife uh, seems like a really cool gal. Yeah. I love that video that you post. I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but might whatever. I'm probably over on Instagram. Instagram. You and your wife are dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so freaking cool. Because I I know there are some women. I'm pretty quite sure if your husband said to him, "Hey, I want to do this video. 
let's put on, you know, let's put on this song and let's dance. The wedding yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. She's cool. She went ahead right with it. So yo, I'm telling you, you know, you've seen my videos. She's I because I do a lot of videos, like try to do those fun videos for people to enjoy. I've had my dog, my dog passed away, but she was in my videos from when she was a puppy. We used to do skits. My wife, my daughter, but they're all like, yeah. I'll do it for you. Do it for you. But she's in a lot of my videos. And um, yeah, that people don't know that post that I put up when we were dancing. It looks easy. Like, yeah, we did it one time. We did it like 15 times. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I screw up. She screwed up. And then she was drinking wine. Mm -hmm. I was drinking wine. So whatever <coughs> you see there, we're not we're not like sober. <laughs> and we were <laughs> I was drenched. I was in a dress shirt and I was drenched. I had to wipe off and everything. But we got it done. Yeah, she was a good sport. She was a good sport. Okay, now, uh, hey, Ken, like, how did you get your name? Um, your name is Ken Sills, right? Ken. Yeah. Sills, yeah. Right. But mm -hmm. you do a lot of things because I want to ask about, you know, you do a lot of um, improvisation with the puppets. So I'm going to ask mm -hmm. about that. But your your name, hey, Ken, how did that come oh. about? Okay, I uh, try to keep it as in a as, in a compass of uh, not going too far with it. Mm -hmm. I used to be a regular caller to a radio show in my area called the Love Doctors, mm -hmm. uh, and it became a caller almost daily, mostly daily, sometimes twice a day, sometimes three times a day. So they had what they call regular callers. I was one of those people. As time passed, the show got. Uh, you know, bigger, bigger, spread out, not not necessarily yet on whatever I heart. Anyway, mm -hmm. inevitably the host uh decided, okay, let's let's have some fun with something. Cause they could tell I would when I would call the show, uh, I was a person not understanding it's radio. You can't see me. Yeah. So you have to envision whatever it is. So I would stir the pot. Whenever <laughs> somebody was talking about whatever the subject main subject was, I would get on and be like, that freaking idiot, this, that, whatever. This, uh, making a really brash opinions. Uh, I was called the American Basher. I called about how you idiotic, pathetic sheep in this country, this, that, whatever. Mm. So inevitably, the, the host decided, okay, he knows what he's doing. He's playing around. Let's do something. Now, they didn't tell me originally they were doing this. Okay. He hired a he hired what's called a voiceover guy Okay. Uh, and did what's called drops. And if you're listening on radio, sometimes you'll hear like a scream or a car wheels or whatever. That's what's called a drop. Yep. So I would, I came on and I'd start talking. And then all of a sudden I hear, Hey, Ken. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I got to roll with this. You know, I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm improv to the hill, brother. Yeah, I would yeah. love to do it on stage with somebody who's a professional at it. So like, Hey, Ken. And I'm like, who's that? And he replied, starfish stallion mm. and it'd be glory hole hero mm. uh two state tarzan whatever so so now it's all of a sudden i'm being bashed because i'm gay yeah and i'm like where's the gay community this all through i mean years of this where the hell's the gay community how come they're not going against it this is where this is you know blasphemy it's wrong this that whenever i met people mm. 99 and 19 percent of the people got it it's a show right it felt good to meet people who would either recognize my voice or because I was at an event, they go, oh, that's Ken, because I was usually the main draw on stage, Yeah, <clears throat> that they would come up and go, and almost in tears sometimes, it's like, dude, you're so effing funny. Oh, my God, I heard you today. Also, I had to stop the truck. This, and I'm like, that's cool. 
That's yeah. cool. So for many years, I became locally known as Hey Ken. Wow. Okay. Well, I started way back then a Twitter uh, called Love Docs Hey Ken. Way too long a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, somebody, somebody hijacked and tried to make it look like their account was my account. Mm-hmm. So I decided, hell, I'm going to start a new one, and I'm just going to call myself Real Hey Ken. Okay. And then, not purposefully. But I branded myself as Real Hey Ken, and it and I just have used it ever since. So. And you ran with it, okay? Yeah. So that's the story behind it. So you called in this radio show. So you touched on something there. I want to know now, what profession were you in? So you had a hard time in school, but work life. What did you do as a career then? Because I don't think I even know that. <laughs> Lots of things, brother. Yeah, uh, I worked in. Uh, started out working as a uh, dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in restaurants for almost a decade okay. and I, I got to, I mean, I'd done other things. I was a prep cook. I've done some line cook work, uh, what they call, uh, the steward, which is somebody who makes a schedule for the dishwashers and so forth and sort of their boss mm-hmm. <clears throat> got involved with stock rotation of stock, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, there was that. And then, uh, uh, after 10 years of doing that, I mean, I went for, I started going from job to job to job because, uh, something that's right below my nose would always get in the way. Yeah, <laughs> bosses, yeah. bosses love me because yeah. I actually showed up to work early. Mm-hmm. Rarely did I call off. Not only did I do my job, I put the pedal to the metal and hustle to the muscle and did the job well. So bosses really let me get away with a lot Yeah, with, with something that's right below my nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would I would have a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked in um I worked for Terminex for almost five years. The only reason I lost that job is I was in an accident. That wasn't my fault. Once I got the bill for their new truck, because it was the first one to get a new truck. <clears throat> when they got the bill, uh they called me in the office. The bill is sitting on the desk, right? You know, so like I can see it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's like goodbye. Yeah. Oh, what? I've been doing a great job. I had an accident. You got insurance. Whatever. Uh, I worked. Wait, wait. Favorite... Tell me what what was Terminex? What is Terminex? Terminex is a pest control. Oh, That's right. You're okay. in, you're you're, you're in Canada, so yeah, mm-hmm. pest control. So I learned a lot. What I learned the hard way. Well, I'm too honest of a person, mm-hmm. and I'm too caring. <laughs> yeah. So hypothetically. Uh, I would do what's called wood destroying organism inspections. Like somebody had uh, supposedly what's called dry wood termites. Okay. My job was to go there and find out, was it something that already happened in the past? Cause they had their house tented. That's the only reason they have a contract or is it something new? Mm-hmm. If I find out it's new, uh boss would be like, no, 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 no. Don't put that because they didn't want to pay the policy. Hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> so after doing that for I'm like man I'm too I can't handle this I can't handle this dishonest I can't do it yeah okay. so uh I found my way I'm not exactly you know I can't remember at all but I ended up working for an event merchandising company traveled around the country um, um and what the company is called is called team IP okay. team with the letters IP they are the biggest oh I, they are. They're the hugest youth sports organization, period. Mm-hmm. So the every state has its own in the in the United States has its own um uh high school athletic association. Okay. Like Florida's FHSAA, Florida High School Athletic Association. 
mm-hmm. Kentucky, K-H-S-A-A, so on and so forth. Okay. So they work a deal out where the high school or college, because there's some colleges too, and uh, some NFL, they sign a deal that, yeah, you can use the logos, you can use, you know, all this stuff on your T-shirts, hats, whatever. And they get a certain percentage of the event. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the, and what was the great thing about it is what made them go for it is because if the event failed, you know, say nobody showed up, mm-hmm. that whatever it is, high school, college, whatever, still gets their money. Still gets their money. I figure, yeah. So mm-hmm. I got to travel to a lot of states in the Northeast. That oh, was murder. Because <laughs> I'm talking, I would be at work my regular eight hours. Mm-hmm. And then usually waiting for stuff to be printed, uh, which could be another eight to 12 hours, then get in a van and drive to like Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is a little over three hours away. Okay. I knew I've had no sleep. (laughs) And then, then I call and go, can I please get a hotel here? No. Oh man. And have to drive back home. Oh, and there was sometimes I'm going across country Mm -hmm. and because of how scheduling was, I'm up. I mean, by the time I get to where I'm going, uh, there have been times where the where it's already past the hotel time you're supposed to be checking out. Yeah. And I have to go unless you gotta let me sleep for at least two or three hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I worked for my mom, owned an auto body repair shop. Oh wow. uh, it, she was very proud to be a female owner of an auto body repair shop. Sweet. Uh, we were the first shop in Fort Pierce, Florida to do custom paint jobs. Oh, wow. uh, so I knew nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. I just walk in the door one day. There's this guy that she who knew body shop and that's was her boyfriend because she'd gotten whatever divorce or whatever. Mm. So, so I just pick up tools and start working. <laughs> Inevitably, he comes over. Uh, the guy comes over and I'm doing what, what is, it's kind of hard to explain, but I'm doing what I'm doing. And he goes, where did you learn to do that? And I said, I don't know. It just seemed like the best way to do it. Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, my mom owns the place. So, so but unfortunately, my mom, uh, she passed away unexpectedly after mm-hmm. about a decade into the business. 2002, she passed away. Oh, business was, yeah, business was gangbusters, especially mm-hmm. once once uh, the hood. Uh, we didn't live far from uh, the alphabet streets. So mm-hmm. once the brothers knew that my mom was cool and then they could bring brown bags full of cash. Yeah. <laughs> Usually no bigger than a 20. Yeah. And they and they knew they that she was we once we got in with like the top guys yeah. that are over in that neighborhood, they know, okay, now they can tell their friends, take your car here. You got to dump some of your money anyhow. Mm. Three thousand, five thousand, eight thousand cash. Yeah. You know, to to do cus, uh, candy paint jobs, this, that, whatever. We didn't, hey man, whatever. So it was great because I had a new perspective. I mean I don't never had any issues with African Americans, but it was cool having the perspective of actually being around guys who might have a sort of a nefarious background, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and but still, still they're cool with me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it wasn't like they're treating me because I hated the word white. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they say, "Oh, you white guy, you don't know nothing." I said, "No, dude, I'm kind of beige." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "I don't call you black. <laughs> don't call yeah. me white." You know. So it was cool getting that perspective of that kind of like, well, different cultures, different lives. So, yeah, I'm glad for that. Great. Tell me something, Ken, because, you know, in Toronto, it was different, man. We grew up multicultural. 
how was your experience then? Like from the from where you were raised first to now Florida, how was it with the um, integration? I think I was I was talking to GQ in my last podcast, but we didn't touch on anything like that, like any social. I just asked them how is it with with police and stuff like that and racism and all that. But for you, did you grow up with a lot of different ethnicities? Because I'm so lucky I had that experience. My my best friend in public school, Derek Lafreniere, was was white, but I never looked at color. And then we grew up with so many different Europeans and Asians and everything. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see color a lot. So I know there was a lot of experiences, but I don't even think about them. Like some people really focus on it today, which is funny in 2023. Um, it's nothing like back in the days. But um, how was your experience? I loved it. I mean, because uh, same way I didn't I just look at people as people. Right. Obviously, what was a good experience about it all and still is, is the ethnic uh, cultures are obviously different. Mm -hmm. And and the way things are done are different. Well, I kind of like that experience of seeing, trying to understand, oh, okay, why do you, how come, you know, your, I guess for lack of better words, your people kind of trying to do this, that, whatever. Right. Um, and, and having it, getting that experience of understanding, oh, okay, this is the culture, this is how it happened, da, 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 da. So it was really cool. I used to work with, a, when I worked for an auto tire place, I worked in the warehouse. Uh, most of the guys were Spanish mm -hmm. or or from that kind of, you know, whatever else goes with that kind of culture. Right. And so uh, I knew nothing of Spanish. I know about that much. Paquito. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I had, I won't say the word, but I had a friend of mine. I said, can you teach me a couple words to say in Spanish? And uh, so he taught me uh, two words, one I like in particular. I like I said, I won't say what it is. Yeah. But it was cool being around him and, and seeing, you know, how he lived here in the United States. Uh, and he had family, his whole family, including his wife and kids are over in Mexico. Right. But, but he's here, he's making his money and he's sending most of his money back home. Right. And I'm thinking most, I'm just, perhaps I'm wrong, but I'm thinking most Americans, you know, if I'm, if I'm here where I am and I got my family living in California mm -hmm. and, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to make money, I'm not going to give them, you know, any of my money, right, right. <laughs> let alone most of my money because yeah. they're having hard times over there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a, you know, seeing that perspective was eye opening. Yeah, I, I see that here too, man. Like some people just come to Canada for that better life. We have a lot of people from different countries that come here just for that better life. And then I hear when I talk to them, because I've I've been fortunate to work in jobs where there was a lot of different ethnicities and things. And I got to hear the perspective of the Filipinos, of the Indians, Pakistani, Africans, and they just send money back to family and they mm -hmm. work like, dogs here man and then yeah they have little take for the themselves they take the crappy jobs that americans don't want yeah if yes. there are americans who will literally be like i i need food i need shelter okay here's a job for you yeah i'm not doing that no way can i do that whatever you know whether it's picking fruit or whatever the heck it is <laughs> they're not gonna yeah. do it wow crazy speaking of canada before i get mm -hmm. growing up in port huron uh well lake port but born in port huron there's a bridge there called the Blue Water Bridge, which goes over into Sarnia, Canada. Okay. So, so, so when I was a kid, 
it was a normality for the family to pack up and go over to Sarnia, Canada to go to the, um, I'm trying to remember what they called it. Um, I'm messing my mind, but there's uh, stores you can go to there to get stuff uh, and it's cheaper. Of and of course, they're <laughs> supposed to check your car when you're coming back. Mm-hmm. Trunks full of stuff. They ask you, did you have anything to declare? You're supposed to let them know. Yeah, I bought yeah, this okay. stuff. We just say no. Yeah. So I've been to Toronto long time ago in fifth grade. Uh, I think that's where the CN Tower is, right? Isn't that, that in it. Toronto? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, is now you're going way back. I'm in fifth grade. So you're talking, I don't know, mid 70s. I don't know how long ago the CN was built, but it seemed like to me it was new. Like it yeah. had just recently been something that was built. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole trip going to this hotel that was very near the CN Tower. Mm-hmm. But it was weird though, we never went to the tower. Oh, you didn't <laughs> go. Like, hey, no, you can see it, but it's yeah. like, isn't this the whole reason for the trip here? <laughs> Are we going to go to the thing? <laughs> I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if you've ever been to Canada. So that's cool. Yeah. You 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 came to Toronto. I actually went to um a barbecue at my friend's house last night. I posted stuff on Instagram. And um, I haven't driven home because I'm a homebody now. Hardly go out. But me and my wife do go out around the city. But downtown, I used to live downtown at the clubs and all this other stuff. I used to work at the CN Tower, by the way, when I was younger. Oh, how about that? Yeah. But when I was taking what we call the the Gardner Express home, I had to snap a picture of the CN Tower because they light it up now at, at, at dark when it's dark. But I haven't seen you know the downtown life in a long time even though it's on the expressway but there's so many condos and buildings now it's crazy but that's cool that you went there but you didn't stay at the cn tower i mean not stay you didn't go to the cn tower you had to see that yeah i don't i don't remember honestly i don't remember us going i remember seeing it but not going to it by the way it was duty free shops that's what i was trying to think of yeah we scrolled at duty free shops but yeah, I mean, I don't know why, but in 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 where I lived, they referred to Canadians as mushheads. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't I don't know why. <laughs> like okay. whatever, they can't drive; they're mushheads. Okay, what is it? Whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so funny that um, like we're from Toronto, so born and raised, um, and we adopt a lot of the stuff from the states because we're so close to like New York, right? So we were into the music, the shows, everything from the States, right? But when you go to Eastern and Western Canada, so BC on one side, British Columbia, and then on the other side, Nova Scotia and PEI and stuff. For me, that's real Canadians, right? They do they do a lot of stuff, the culture and everything. But a lot of our culture came from the States, um, especially me being a Black person coming from, from, from Canada, you know, the music and all that. But... um. When you came to Toronto, I was wondering if you came because when we get to talk about Kiss, I'm sure Kiss came here because I'm not one of those people who are knowledgeable about about events in in mm-hmm. in Toronto and stuff. I'm I'm just not good at that. But I know Muhammad Ali when he fought. I think he fought at Maple Leaf Gardens. That's where our Toronto Maple Leafs play. You know, back in the days. But um. He came here. So I'm wondering if Kiss ever came to Toronto to perform. But, you know, I'll get into that talk later because I'm sure you went to concerts and stuff. Um, But what I want to know now, though, social media. So we're going to fast forward in life. Social media. So you share your experiences on social media. You're an open book, you say, too, right? What got you into blogging and sharing your stories, especially in Florida, um, talking about the Florida weather and all that stuff? What started that? Uh, well, after my divorce, uh, I didn't have a life. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't, not just so I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a life. 
I needed to find, I mean, um, I was working for, um, I started out um, Periscope, a live stream app that was owned by Twitter. Okay. That was uh, still when I was married. So mm-hmm. it it was just something like I just did. And I was like, okay, this this is easy. Once I figured it out, it took a couple times to figure out what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. And then I built up a following there. I actually had people who would want me to stay on. I'd be on for hours. And they yeah. didn't want me to stay. I'm like, I got to go, man. They want me. I've uh, after my wife had left, uh, I my daughter had drawn all over uh, with uh, crayons, written words on her wall in her bedroom. Didn't matter because they're going to repaint it and whatever they were leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I go in that room and I started adding stuff to whatever she wrote. Yeah. Uh, so when I would go in this room and start really talking to people, they liked it. So when I wasn't in that room, people started referring to, "Can you go to the Church of Ken?" I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, that one that one room that you have, that your daughters are on, okay. And so when I would go on, people were like, when are you going to the Church of Ken? Okay, fine, let's go. On. What's the matter? I'm <laughs> I'm still talking the same shit. So what about, pardon my language. Right. Well, what does it matter what room I'm in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it started there. Then after my uh, divorce, um, I needed to find something to fill the void uh, of, of just kind of like being alone and uh it took a while because uh i was down for a good year uh after that uh literally mental breakdown went yeah. to a was in was in a mental health facility for a month in miami mm. okay <laughs> because i had um i had a mental snap i literally thought people could see me and hear me on live tv so and I ended up driving my car th- just back when uh, the Pope was coming to visit America to with the president, uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. So I thought the Pope was supposed to be meeting with me. That's how far gone I was. Yeah. And I went, to, I was going to the West Palm airport because I'm going to get an airplane to go meet him. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like tra- everybody's following me. So I end up going to Miami mm-hmm. and I can't, I, I'm just following where I see airplanes. I'm not even following signs anyway. Inevitably, I ended up uh, out of the car, uh, talking to myself, walking down the street. Uh, yeah, they ended up going, hey, here's a police officer. Get in the car. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So once I got back out of that situation, which uh, took me a while to get myself back on a level plane of uh, accepting things, um, I had already been had a YouTube channel at the time, Love Docs Hey Ken. Way too long a name. Can't mm. get access to it anymore anyway. And I decided I want to start doing interviews of uh, just people I find interesting. And I called it Outside In with Hey Ken. Mm-hmm. And I found a guy that I was following from Periscope who's uh makes movies and whatever. And uh, his name's Alexis Cardoza. And I also followed him over on Twitter. So I got in contact with him. I said, would you mind doing an interview? Mm-hmm. So it was literally off the cuff. I knew next to nothing and I didn't want to. I wanted to do it there you know, live. So I re- I uh, did it live on Periscope and then put it on my YouTube channel that I had at the time. So that was basically the seed that started. Everything was the YouTube channel. <clears throat> I'm following him on Twitter, Alexis, and I get a message from Twitter, you know, because I'm following him there and alert that, hey, here's a new app. <clears throat> I'm starting with a new company. Um, the app's called Rumble. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me go check into this. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Rumble was a 40-second video app uh, that you literally would, uh, there'd be like a, a section where you, there's a question that you, you're going to now answer. Right. So I, I started, just started doing that. Then there you could, or you could just do your own 40-second videos. So, okay, I ain't got nothing to do. I'll start doing that. And then I inevitably created a character called Hick Jim. Yeah. Uh, who and then I created a puppet show I have called uh, the Paul oh, Legend, Legend Show. show yes. <laughs> <laughs> then 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 the app rebranded uh, uh, after about a year and a half. It rebranded as Rizzle R I Z Z L E. I'm used to spelling that. Perfect. It's gone now. But I, I was on that app as what's called a founding member, mm-hmm. and ran on that from almost the get go until it died. It ended up with five. 0.8 million followers, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of freaking views. Yeah. So that then I decided, well, it's gone. What the hell am I going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> so I um, started an Instagram and decided, okay, I might as well just be what I am, which is just me. And if uh, this other stuff's included, it's me. And yeah. just started doing Instagram, doing what they call Reels, R E L L S, and also did that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, I learned, but I didn't know that once you reach a certain point of so many reels, you can get money. Yeah. Not a lot of money, but money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Even if it's five bucks, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I'm just I'm just killing time. If somebody <laughs> wants to give me five bucks for killing time. Yeah. So that's where it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. I'm on an app called Clapper. Most people haven't heard of that app. Yeah, um, I'm on, uh, like I said, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Sometimes I'll, Twitter's not so much for videos, but every once in a while I'll go ahead and throw a video over there anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I share my life uh, pretty much daily, sometimes numerous times a day. I do usually a vlog. And then other times I just, I got a thing I call my world where I'm out wherever. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, you know, and so I just, keep rolling with it yeah i seen that i seen that i seen a couple of clips from that um i love i love that you share your experiences man it's nice to get into someone's head in life um especially when you're out of the region country whatever right to see mm-hmm. that perspective but um i think it was k touch that told me about the original name of rizzle so you said it was rumble first right rumble yeah, yeah. i think what happened Honestly, what I think happened there, uh, because Rumble is also a very popular, there's a thing called Rumble. Oh, I know. Uh, Okay. So what I think happened is uh, they probably got, you know, probably something in the sense of a cease and desist, not Mm -hmm. necessarily, but where they were telling, look, dudes, we're already using Rumble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that's what made them decide (laughs) to rebrand it. Yeah, Yeah. I actually have a, a... they was the only social media app that I wish social media apps did this. Mm-hmm. They're the only social media app that sent me a hat and a t-shirt that had the logo on it. Yeah. Uh, from Rumble when it was Rumble. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, and it was cool that I stumbled into finding out that I was what's called a founding member. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, but unfortunately like everything else, you know, it just, uh, it wasn't picking in India. It was doing huge because it it's an big. app out it was out of India. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was sort of a, uh, their version of TikTok. And TikTok got killed over, you know, they couldn't do it in TikToks anymore. Yeah. But uh, 
for whatever reason, I would have figured they might have just kept going and not be in the United States, but they dropped it all. They're re- supposedly revamping the app. It's going to involve AI and oh, yeah. come back still as Rizzle because they still have they changed the logo and so forth. And so we'll see. Yeah, I think K Touch was telling me that too, the AI thing. But that I I liked Rizzle at the time. It really got me through um COVID. Um, just making those messages, getting the replies, meeting yeah. people in different countries, India, America. Half of my guests have been from Rizzle. Yeah, so I know. We, I saw GQ. I, of course, that's how I know GQ. K Touch. Uh, that's how Turner. I know uh, Wrench Turner. Yeah. Um, I'm a. I am still, and I'm blessed with the fact that I'm a very good friend with Lindsey Baker. I don't remember. No, yeah. if you remember Lindsey Baker. Lindsey Baker. Yep. Yeah. Lindsey is cool. I mean, I. You know, I, I have her home number. I have her address. This is, mm-hmm. you know, something you don't share. You know, you don't go yeah. on public. Hey, here's her phone number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's where she lives. But it's cool that we got comfortable. She got comfortable enough with me knowing she could trust me with that information. Yeah. And um, she's growing pretty good over on TikTok. Mm-hmm. So on a short story, <laughs> I've had a nightmare in Elm Street when it comes to TikTok. For yeah. whatever reason, every time I'm starting an account, something goes awry. So I had a different phone. I switched the account over to the phone I'm on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I tried to log in, it wants me to create a new account. It won't let me go into my original account. Yeah. So I figured, okay, I'll just create a new account and I'll add my original account. Mm-hmm. No, no, you won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow. once again, for probably the fifth time, I've started my TikTok all yeah. over again, just trying to get to a thousand Yeah. so I can go live. And go live with her, especially because we've collaborated for a few years doing stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to her because I think she was doing um, interviews with people like a podcast. Yeah, she's, thing. she's on. Um, she, not to interrupt you, I just want to make sure you know people listen this far into this. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, Ken's on. Get the hell off here! Boring as <laughs> hell. <laughs> uh, she's on an app. She's on a thing called Unchained TV. And okay. it's in the app. It's it's in, it's in the app store. It's completely free. There's no purchase things in it or anything like that. It's a whole bunch of videos mm-hmm. about if you give a dang about anything to do with animals or uh, oh yeah veganism, uh, vegetarian stuff. It it really is. It's opened my eyes in the fact of like the horse roundups that are still going on and um, horse racing and. Uh, all kinds of different. She's an activist. Yeah. So, all that cruelty yeah, to animals. I yeah. I seen some mm-hmm. of her videos. Yeah. That's hard to watch, mm-hmm. but I it's know. it's necessary. You know, sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm sensitive to these things now. So yeah, it's hard to watch those things. Um, but it is necessary. So I sometimes I have to force myself to watch it because it's it's good to know what's really going on, but it's painful. Yeah. You want, it's, you want to help. You want to help, but. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's I and I can understand that the huge percentage of Americans uh, really don't want to see you know what's happening at a chicken farm or a, or a cow farm or uh, anything like that. Yeah, they just want to go around like, just give me my eggs, give me my bacon, and leave me alone. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow, some good history, man. On I have to shout out my first Rizzle guest was Eddie Knight. He's a rapper on on Rizzle. We used to have a good conversation. Topenga was on my show. She told her oh, story. Topanga, I remember Topanga. her. Yeah, she yeah, was and on. I remember Eddie. Yeah, Eddie Knight. I remember those guys. Yeah, and I got to shout out Eric Escobar. Of course, he was on my show twice. Uh, comedian, so Rizzle man, I met a lot of people. Now I got to tell you, 
but oh. don't mind me interrupting. So I didn't mean to interrupt. But no. I want to commend. I want to commend you and other comedians for whatever you have done as a comedian. Because I'm going to tell you what, I absolutely love uh, comedians. Love watching comedy. Yeah. Uh, and and no, there are people who see this stuff and think, oh wow, that's pretty damn easy. Yeah. Hey, it's a cakewalk. <laughs> All I'm doing is getting up here and just making people laugh. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> See what happens. I'm, I've I've only uh, I have seen a couple comedians live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, lesser known. I don't remember the name of the first two, but I do remember uh, specifically. And it, I stumbled across a guy named Brad Williams. Okay. He he's a dwarf comedian. Oh, oh, I think really, I <laughs> he's really exploding right now. Yeah, I know. He's starting to get into into theaters. Mm. Uh, you know, the bigger seats, 3,000 seat places. Mm-hmm. So somehow or whatever, I found him. And at the time I had money, I had a car and he was uh, at West Palm Beach Improv mm. on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And m- mind you, he's a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you think he didn't take advantage <laughs> of that? Yeah, yeah. And I, when I went in, <clears throat> I know, when I'm going in, it's a place where you you know to, to drink minimum and they serve food. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I'm going in the place, I happen to be at the front of the line. I wasn't like, you know, mad rush. I'm just kind of like, I want to get there so I can, you know, and I wait and I start seeing people. Okay. People are kind of loitering until it gets close to where it's going to open. So, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get in line. So I'm probably maybe 20th, 30th in line going in. So there's people who kind of guide you to where to go sit. Mm. And I said to the guy, I said, dude, if you can put me anywhere close to the stage, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So he did. So wow. I loved it. So that's what I wanted. I wanted that experience close enough to know I can interact, mm-hmm. but know how to interact. You know, not be a heckler, right? But be able to be able to you know say a word or two and almost feel like you're part of it. You know, really part of it. Part so, of the show, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was really uh, an awesome. And I got I had a shirt that I bought just for that event. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some about St. Patrick's Day green shirt. After the event, he's doing, you know, you can buy a DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the money, but I stood in line. I says, you know, I don't want to insult you. I don't, I don't have the money to get a, you know, whatever. Is there any chance you'll sign my shirt? And he's, yeah. Well, I didn't know what to do because I'm thinking, should I bend down? Yeah. Or should I, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to stand here. If he wants me to bend down, he'll tell me to because yeah. I don't want to insult the dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he just reached up and I said, could you put real Hey Ken and just sign your name? And he did real Hey Ken. And so oh, I never washed, I only wear that shirt one day a week. I'm mm-hmm. one day a year. That's on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been washed yet because I only wear it the one day a year. And I don't want right. the autograph to go off. Yeah. So I'll try to go off on that thing. But I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate comedy and comedians. I um thanks for thanks for saying that. I appreciate comedians too. And that's why I have trouble to try and get back into it because I I watch my fellow comedians that I started with. But of course, a lot of them started before me, and I was lucky enough to be in a group that was like in the know, and I got to do a lot of shows. But um, it's that whole I got to create my set and then work it out at the clubs, and then you right to then like, find it, and tune it, and fine tune it. I, it's a, it's a lot I'll of tell work. you what. Well, you know that you have to know this. The mecca of comedy right now is it not Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's where Joe Rogan's opened up the what's called the mothership. Yeah, and 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 he's and it it is for lack of better things, it's the comedy store with a new name. I mean, yeah. he's hired a lot of. And what was cool about Rogan, I mean, it, luckily he can afford to do it, and bless him for that. Whatever he's done in his career, 
Hmm. When the COVID crap came around and he's working on not the place he's, it isn't even in existence yet, but he's got people that are there, you know, that he, that are agreeing to come. He was paying these people. Oh, he wow. was paying them despite the fact that they're not even open yet because yeah. of the COVID crap. Uh, the, the building wasn't even finished yet. The building was there. It's an historic building, mm-hmm. but they get, you know, remodeled and all this stuff. He paid that staff for, I don't know how long, quite a long time, probably near about a year yeah. before uh, getting the top people who, who wanted to come to him, mm-hmm. who wanted to come there. He's gotten comedians, major comedians to move. <laughs> to, to Austin, to Texas, Austin, Texas. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> just to be involved with those comedies. There's a volcano there. I think if I remember right there. And of course, like I said, his place, or a couple other places. I would love to go there yeah. for like, a, you know, a couple weeks. And, but of course, getting the tickets to go to those shows too, on top of that, especially the mothership and um, Tony cliff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had to have seen his uh, kill Tony bit. The thing that's going with that. I'd have to, I have to Google it. Oh, you got to look it up, brother. Kill Tony is the thing right now. It is huge because they're giving a huge audience mm-hmm. to no-name comedians. Your mm-hmm. name's in a bucket. They pull up your name. You get one minute. Wow. And there's the comedians that are on. Uh, there's uh, always uh, Tony Hidgecliffe there, but there's sometimes Joe's there, Rogan, and other guys are there regardless. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they don't, they, you know, well, they'll interrupt sometimes, but for the most part, they're giving you your one minute, yeah. prove it, show us what you got. Yeah. And then that sometimes can get you right there, a gig uh, from one of them on stage. Hey, mm-hmm. come do this. What our after dark show. Mm-hmm. And um, there's the guy, the mullet King is what his name he goes by. He was on Rizzo. Yeah. Um, uh, Bear Bardu, I think is his name. He, he had his opportunity to be on that show. So of course he's running with it. He's got that as a pinned clip on his on his Instagram, mm-hmm. and now he's at a place called um, I'm trying to remember, but he's uh, he's really awesome. He's really uh, one of those you could see that he's learning the craft. You know? Right, right. Yo, you're inspiring me. I don't know, man. Maybe because you could start comedy at any time in your life. So maybe I'll I'll, I'll touch the stage again. We'll see in the future. Because now you you got me buzzing, Ken. <laughs> so Ken. We're in the middle of the podcast now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you this question. It's a would you rather question. And then there's some follow-ups to that. So let me know. Would you rather visit your younger self and give them advice for the future? Or would you rather visit your older self and have them give you advice for what's going on right now? Older. Mm. And why? Why do, well, because I'm figuring, why do I want to go back to the younger me and then find out all the crap I've had to go through to get to where I am? <laughs> Dude, I was living in a crack house. Come yeah. on, I don't do crack. So, oh, wow. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd rather go to the older self and have that person, you know, say, hey, here's, you know, you're on a good path. Do this, do that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. This is what I'm hearing. I think my last few co- po- podcasts, a lot of people have been saying older, but it, it depends. And so I like to hear the perspective on why people like to go back or forth. But now the next question, whether you chose younger or older self, this is visiting your younger self. What would you tell your younger self about money? <laughs> um, well, knowing who I am, I would 
remind myself that money is homeless yeah. uh, because money doesn't stay where it needs to stay mm-hmm. <laughs> with you. It's always going somewhere else. Uh, and and uh, I like that. Perhaps- hold on, hold on. I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, like money, money's kind of like a tram. Comes crashes at your place for a while. All right, man, and you get the next one. Damn, where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even say goodbye. You just, you, and then you try to figure out. Okay, like, I hate that when you got to sit down. And I, I'm, I can't be the only one who does this. And you're like, you look in your wall and you're going, "Damn, I spent seventy two dollars. What the hell did I spend? Let's see. I got me this. I did that. Oh, no. Then you're trying to add it up, and yeah. you know, you come up like maybe fifteen dollars short. And then, oh, <laughs> Man, did I lose? Then you got to go back over it again, trying to figure out what did I spend. Where it did on? I spend? <laughs> but I think it would be also to tell myself, dude, how about learn something that can make you at least look? I don't think I'll ever be wealthy. You never know, but uh, learn something that's going to at least give you a decent income. Mm. Now I'm all past that now, so but yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what would you tell your younger self about family? Uh, grow up, quit doing your, don't do the stupid shit. Pardon my language again. (laughs) I don't know if that's allowed, but, uh, try to curb it. Uh, I would definitely wanting to educate myself on the fact that you need to do stuff different than you've been doing it. Mm. Uh, no, stay away from beer. (laughs) Mm. uh uh luckily i'm in uh today's 131 days without a beer i've had a rum now and again Mm. but it it would be uh i think the thing i would definitely tell myself is believe it or not you're going to get married Mm. and and when you do you're going to stop drinking beer on your own choice when you do that don't go back no matter what because if you don't go back you're going to be married happy for the rest of your life well, <laughs> apparently I'm not married, so I must have went back. <laughs> so. so since you just touched on that, before I asked the last two, you said you're divorced, right? So, but you have a good relationship with your ex-wife then, right? Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm grateful that we are still friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. Nice. She's remarried. She's almost married five years now, so. Mm-hmm. And your daughter? Okay, our our kid was born preemie, three and a half months premature. Um, and as she grew up, um, unbeknownst to us initially, there were some issues going on mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was doing cutting. I didn't know that until she was like in seventh grade. Then she got to a point where she no longer wanted to identify as female. Mm-hmm. She wanted to identify as male. Uh, so we were close when she was little, uh, very close, but then, uh, that during that period of time, probably up to the, her age of eight or nine, I hadn't been drinking beer. Uh, then the short story is I went back to drinking beer and drinking too many beers. I wasn't physically or verbally or, or you know, abusive, anything like that, but my wife and kid could tell I'm drunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and my kid got to a point uh, where I don't want to be around dad anymore. He told mom, uh, you know, I'm going to go live in Nana. I can't, I don't want to be here. So that put the nails in the coffin. I'm, I'm well, my wife wanted to go live with my kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that <sighs> gone. Mm, okay. 
Sorry to hear that, man. Um, I thought I saw a post, though. I don't know if it was a couple years ago where you were with your child. I don't even know when that. No, I no, I haven't know. seen my youngest. Uh, I have not seen since he's 23 now, uh, probably the age of 12. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard his voice. Uh, only very recently, like over the last year, once in a blue moon, he'll send me a message because mm-hmm. he just did not like me. Mm-hmm. So it's re- I can't change the past. So yeah. why he didn't like me, even my even my wife at the time didn't understand what, what why it was that suddenly I'm the enemy. Mm-hmm. Except for perhaps the fact that I'm the one who's trying to instill into the kid, uh, look, you can't have your room be a pigsty. Get up, clean it. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, you know sweep a floor, uh, get your homework done. Mm-hmm. While mom and grandma were just let her do whatever the hell she wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. who are you going to want to listen to? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I haven't no. And my eldest, I have another daughter from my second engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was an infant, mom took her. I didn't see my kid. I saw my kid once when she was five, four or five. And this, you know, after years of not seeing her, seeing her for Christmas one day. Mm-hmm. And then my ex wouldn't let me see her for, I don't know why. Inevitably, my ex kept getting issues with the guy she was with. She was once held hostage with a guy who was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Another guy she's with uh, out somewhere. He shot somebody with a flare gun. Mm-hmm. So I got a hold of her and I said, listen, if you don't get your crap together and who you're seeing, I'm going to get child, you know, whatever investigation involved. This has got to be affecting the kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I had just gotten married and all of a sudden it's like at my door, it's my kid. There goes my wife, ex-girlfriend, fiance leaving. Mm-hmm. My kid's got a suitcase and I just got married. I'm going on, I'm going on a to Vegas, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally like the next day. Yeah. So she dropped at our doorstep. We got a lead to go to Vegas. Uh, I don't remember where she stayed during that. So we get back and um, she was a wreck. Our kid, my oldest was a wreck. So we had to rebuild her self-esteem. Just got the age of 12 or 13 and we had rules at our house. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you know, you sweep the floor, you do dishes, you keep your room clean, you get your you keep your grades up. And she was doing great. But she'd go over to mom's and mom would let her do whatever the hell she wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, gee, where would you want to be? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, yeah. she went to mom's and she got to a loss to a world of drugs, prostitution, burglary. She's in prison right now uh, for stealing a fire ambulance. She made national news, at least that. What? <laughs> so, she's, so she's obviously she's clean now because she's in prison. So she's mm-hmm. off all the drugs. And has about three years left before she gets out. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Been a fun life. Wow, Ken. <laughs> no wonder why you want to drink. <laughs> you got stories, Ken. Um, okay. What would you tell your younger self about friends? Forget about it. I mean, uh, you be very cautious. Uh I I am um uh, I am a first blood person. Draw first blood on me. I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to forgive it. I'm. You may think I'm still your friend. I know you're not. You're not. 
Mm. For somebody to get very, very close to me, uh, it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. You you gotta if you're not having communication back and forth, what the I don't know how friendships are supposed to be. In my humble opinion, I have a friend, we're staying in regular touch with each other with, with each other at minimum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and when you have somebody, you know, uh like it's only uh, I loan somebody I lent money to. Mm-hmm. Okay, as one of my principles, I'm never going to lend anybody money. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, goodbye to that money. Yeah. Okay. Well, now the situation I'm in, mean, like I'm in now, I have a guy who I knew in high school, didn't know him well. He knew my brother. Over the last year, I got to know him. Long story short, he needs a place to stay. Okay, well, I already have a tenant. <laughs> it's only, a, uh, I got one other room that's not air conditioned, and I got my living room. Mm-hmm. So I say to him, I mean, you can stay at my place if you don't mind sleeping in the living room. I just happen to have it blocked off because I don't, when I'm out here, I don't want my, I want to have my privacy from my tenant when I'm doing artwork or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I had already had it blocked off when he come to stay here. So I said, well, dude, you can't just stay for free, you know? So supposedly he'll pay me at some point. So, (laughs) yeah, but I would definitely tell myself, younger self, be wise, be cautious, uh, and, um, Keep the close friends close and maybe the enemies even closer. <laughs> mm, I hear that a lot. Okay. <laughs> last one, Ken. This will I want to hear this. What would you tell your younger self about love? Heartbreaking. <laughs> Watch it. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt a lot. My first fiance. Yeah. I uh love don't fall for I have to speak in the perspective of me as a heterosexual guy. Don't fall for a woman just because you're getting to have sex mm. on a regular basis in every way imaginable. Yay, that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. But if there's nothing really much more with the relationship, communication is key number one, in my humble opinion, uh, you know, and all that, uh, you know, don't fall in love with a woman just because she did things uh, to make you feel better <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and fall in love with her because I would back in the day uh, when I grew up, especially in the 1980s, uh, being a, uh, and, and more even in the 90s, uh, being with a mo- girl was easy mm-hmm. because there were girls who had a reputation. <laughs> yeah. But that's all it was. I had to learn that. That's not love. That's just sex. Mm. So l- learn what love is and go with that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Being open and candid. Now, this is what I want to talk about for our last segment here. Kiss, the rock band kiss. When did your love for um, music start in general? Because you gave me all the background of growing up and everything with the family life school but music had to play a role in all of this you had your jobs oh absolutely. but the love yes and the love for kiss and your experiences tell me about that because when i first start, started following you on instagram i seen a lot of stories to do with kiss the history of kiss everything the music so let's start that conversation i absolutely fanatic when it comes to music i've Follow, uh, that's why I, I, one of the spoils I give myself is Spotify premium. Mm. So I don't have to put up with commercials. I can skip what I want. Uh, and I, and I'm always enjoying finding new music to me. 
mm-hmm. a new group, especially yeah. for something I like, then I'll promote it. I know it ain't like I'm anybody big or whatever, but I can say, hey, have you ever, ever heard of Starcrawler? Most people have not. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of uh, Blacktop Mojo? Most people have not. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, you good? Go check out a couple of songs from these bands. So growing up, <laughs> you know, near, uh, not far from Detroit, uh, the radio station was WRIF, the Riff Raff, 101 FM. Baby! Yeah. You're listening to WRIF 101 FM, baby. Hang on tight. We're going to play some Led Zeppelin followed by Judas Priest. Mm-hmm. So growing up with that kind of stuff was normal to, <clears throat> for me, that was normal radio. I didn't right. know any other kind of music. It was it was Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, whatever. That, okay. And then along the way, uh, I discovered Kiss probably about 1975. Mm-hmm. And Basically, how I discovered it is because some other kids might have been wearing a T-shirt at school, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that band sucks. They're they're crap. Okay. They're, 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 and I'm like, they suck? They're crap? They wear makeup? Everybody thinks they're weird? Nobody likes their music? Damn, that's my band. I'm <laughs> yeah. on board. That's me. I'm hooked up. Yeah. So so right from the, you know, from there, from 75 on, it was... Uh, just you know, getting to know what catalog they had at the time mm. uh, of music, and then just riding the ship that is still floating fifty years later, despite what um what all the haters say is that they suck. They're never gonna last. Yeah, I know. Fifty years later, they're still going. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been so rotation I, too, right? In the oh yeah, there's been a members, lot of. Right? Yeah, that's. I think that's the thing that's uh, frustrating about anybody who follows pretty much any band. Yeah, trying to figure out who's who, who used to be there. Da, da, da. So mm. of course you got the founding members: Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, mm. Ace Frehley, Peter Chris. Mm. Well, inevitably they got tired of Peter Chris. They dump his butt. They hire Eric Carr. So the band's going forward. Eric Carr and Eric Carr's a different kind of drummer than Peter Chris. Peter Chris grew up more as a, uh, I want to say more of blues uh, drumming of that nature. Uh, so uh, Eric Carr is rock and roll. Yeah. Put a whole bunch of energy into the band. Well, uh, Eric Carr got cancer. So he's gone. He yeah. passed away. They had to replace him. Uh, and now um, along the way, uh, uh, you know, before that happened, um, Ace Fraley said, I'm done with this. Um, you know, they say he, they fired him. He says he quit. Whatever. Answer mm. somewhere in the middle. Mm. <laughs> I think it's more Ace's truth than than it is Paul or Gene's truth that he just got tired of uh, uh, they're running him ragged, mm-hmm. and he just he wanted to do stuff the way he wanted to do it. So they replaced him with a guy named Vinnie Vincent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinnie Vincent was wearing makeup too at the time, uh, and they went out on what's called Creatures of the Night tour. Which went like, oh, wasn't <laughs> successful. No, uh-uh. no, they had to end up at some point dropping off tour dates. Oh wow! And that's uh, so now they're uh, at this point they're in a desperation mode. Uh, you know what's going to happen with the band? And they so they decide. Uh, Paul does. Gene didn't want to go along with, it, but reluctantly did. Paul saved Kiss. By the way, Paul mm-hmm. Stanley, Kiss is Paul Stanley's band. Wow. Even a even Gene Simmons has said that. Wow. So, so they're like Paul's like we got to take the makeup off. 
Gene Simmons did not want to get rid of his character known as the demon. No way did he want to be out of makeup. Mm-hmm. But it was like, sink or swim, brother. So when they took off the makeup and put out an album called Lick It Up, mm-hmm. boom. Really? That was huge. It yeah. was huge. Mm-hmm. There are a number of songs of Lick It Up that were huge hits. Then most of them, if not all of them, were co-written by what was known at the time, Vinnie Vincent. Mm-hmm. So that brought life back into the band. <laughs> but as they went along, they realized uh, this guy, Vinny won't sign a contract because mm. he, you know, he's and so they said uh, he's, and he's all kinds of problems with, you can look it up. Trust me. Mm. There's been all kinds of issues in regards to the man who's known as Vinny Vincent uh, on stage anyway. So they had to get rid of his ace. Uh, and then they hired a guy named Bruce Kulik. And what was really the bizarre connection is because Bruce Kulik's brother, Bob Kulik, auditioned when they were looking for a guitarist originally. And they were on the cusp of wanting to hire him as the guitarist for the original founding member of Guitarist for Kiss. But he was bald. Back in the day. day. Holy cow. When they were doing auditions for their original, you know, for, for, they'd, they, it was Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, found Peter Chris. Now they're trying to find a guitarist. Mm-hmm. So they're holding up these auditions in some wherever place. Mm-hmm. So here a guitarist is coming in, you know, to do whatever. So Bob worked with them, Bob Kulik. They really liked it, but he's bald and they're, you know, well, Ace Fraley, as he's known, literally came in, walked, they're all sitting there. You walk right past them, plugged in and start playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Well, when he stopped enough, they're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Who the hell are you? You walk in here, you just plug in your guitar. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are? You go, oh, sorry, Charlie, or something like that. He talks like curly. Yeah. So, but once he got up on stage with them, you know, wherever they're in this warehouse, they're like, this is the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as time went on, like I said, Bruce Kulik's brother, Bob, um, I'm sorry, Bob Kulik, his brother, Bruce, mm-hmm. gets hired to be the guitarist in Kiss. And this is during the non makeup eras in the 1990s. Yeah. yeah. What are the odds of that connection that <laughs> that wow. his brother auditioned and now he's a guitarist? <laughs> wow. But this is, that's what happens, though. Like in everyone's life, whether we're talking about one individual person, like I've had experiences where, you know, I meet someone, you know, when I'm younger and then somehow later on in life, they come back in and help me out in some way. Or if you're looking at an actor who did something like, you know, the whole um godfather i think um robert de niro yeah i forgot what was it someone auditioned for that role but al pacino got the role but it's weird like the trajectories of the like of the the movie history with pacino and de niro and then in heat they have their first on-screen you know dialogue where they were in the godfather together but they were never a thing because De Niro played the old Godfather, you know, back in the days. So they were never on screen together. But um, their first on screen was in in Heat. It was it was yeah. Nice a lot of see. people thought that they thought you know the who who whatever music uh, movie companies behind that thought this is going to be a huge out of the park home run. Yeah, I got these two major known stars that that have worked together but not been together on screen. screen yeah, uh, wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it, it did okay, but it didn't do what what was expected what for yeah. these bringing these two icons together. You know, right? 
So now back to the band. So that was like kind of the history too. But let's still go back in the beginning. So you 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 like this band. They're wearing makeup. And when I was younger, I wasn't into Kiss. But of course, there's songs that I like. But all you knew them for was the band that wears the makeup and yep. and Gene Simmons' tongue when he's yep. on his tongue and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. So when did you start really getting into it? And I'm sure you've been to their concert. So when did that really say, hey, I like this band. I'm going to follow them. Because I know people who follow bands, like even like rap, hip hop, they follow them from the beginning till now they're going to their shows. Mm -hmm. When did you start going to shows and really follow them? Well, I was following them regardless. And uh, inevitably, um, I was uh, 1983, February Mm -hmm. 2nd. West Palm Beach yeah. was the first time I saw them in concert, which was their uh, Creatures of the Night tour. And Ace Frehley had just left the band and was replaced by Vinnie Vincent. So mm-hmm. they're all still in makeup. Okay. Front row. I was front row. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That was. And after, uh, excuse me, the day before they had an autograph session mm-hmm. um, at a place called, uh, whatever, Specs Music. There used to be, you know, there used to be a place, I swear to God, you could go buy music. You know, actual <laughs> CDs and DVDs and shit, stuff like that. Trust me. Yeah. So I I got a really killer picture. I kept yelling out to Paul, 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 because he's not looking up. He's, you know, he, they just had come in, Paul, Paul. And he finally goes, what? And I go like this. Well, he did the same thing, and I got an awesome picture. Yeah. And not only is he in it, but the, but the, the whole poster, loudest band in the world, was what they were promoting at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got their autographs. Went to that show. And then, uh, you know, years passed. I got involved with the radio station. Uh, you know, I was a regular caller. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my end to be able to get free tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so when they did their um, reunion tour, I went to that. Mm-hmm. And then years, I don't know exactly when, they went out with Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. And I went and I saw that. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it was great having that experience of finally seeing it live versus videos. And yeah, that was a, it's been a hell of a rocket ride. And then had it not been for COVID, mm-hmm. Kiss would have already been done. They would have been done in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of COVID, actually might have been 2019. Mm-hmm. But they, but because of COVID, they had to cancel a lot of, they were on their fail end uh, of the road tour. Yeah. COVID, COVID hits. They got to slam the brakes on everything. They can't go anywhere because nobody's going to let them go anywhere. Nobody's doing concerts. Yeah. So finally, when it all started lifting and clearing, now they want to catch up with the concert dates they originally had. Mm. Then they realized, well, it just kind of kept adding and adding and adding. And it got to a point where they realized, you know what? We're close enough to the 50th year anniversary. Mm. Why not ride the train out into the 50th year? which was February 3rd of this year. Mm-hmm. So that's what they are doing. They're, they're out of country right now. They're going to be back in the United States soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they figured combine it both into the road tour and 50th anniversary, you know, whatever wrap up. Um, what's frustrating is that common people, you know, who, oh, maybe they've seen kiss, they heard kiss, whatever into the road tour. Oh yeah. Bull crap. It's in the row. Okay. The truth is, it's going to be the end of them touring. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're done. They're done. It means yeah. they can pick a show. They can pick. They can pick whatever you want to call it. Uh, festival, you know, monster festival. 
Okay, <laughs> Kiss decides they want to go play it, they'll go play it. Yeah. But what they're saying is we're not going to go from country to country to state to state to city to city anymore. We're done with that. We're in our 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, we're finished. <laughs> It's crazy the longevity of like the Stones, Rolling Stones, uh, uh, Kiss. I don't even know about Aerosmith, but I see um, what's that guy's name again, man? Who's the lead singer on that? Who's uh, the lead singer? Steve, Steven Tyler. Yeah, Steven Tyler, man. It's like these people are still rocking, still kicking. It's crazy, man. Well, the odd thing too is the fact that okay, obviously you're aware that it goes back to when Napster was around. The music industry was just turned ripped apart and turned upside down. Yeah. And now you have, you know, how many years now streaming's been around? For a person to buy the tangible item, the 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 vinyl or the CD, pretty damn rare. Yeah. So the whole industry has changed because these those icon bands that you named, mm-hmm. they're making bank off their name. Right. <laughs> regardless, it's a business. They they have their business and they got their band. They're making bank off their name regardless. Mm-hmm. And Kiss, you know, hell, you know, Kiss. What can we put our logo on? Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. So the whole industry's flipped upside down. So now these, it's like Gene Simmons. Jimmy Gene Simmons has said, uh, "Rock, uh, rock and roll is dead." Uh, you know, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the new band? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the only band he could think of at the time was um, uh, Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foo Fighters have been around quite a few years now, though. Yeah. So regardless. All these bands that you know now and today with the names they are today, the n- newer bands, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. the, how they're making their money is they got a tour, 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 tour. Right. And usually, and it's not, it's more rare now to find a band who's going out uh, like a big band like Def Leppard. Def Leppard could could go out with some uh, couple opening bands, probably one or two you never heard of. Yeah. They could do that. Mm-hmm. But a newer bland, band like Blacktop Mojo, which you probably never heard of, mm-hmm. they they couldn't go out. I don't believe, although they should be able to because they're that phenomenal. Go out and headline a tour oh, because okay. no, not enough people know that name. Name recognition. So they got to go out with these festivals mm-hmm. where you got the big name bands and real big letters, and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's how they're making it get out on these tours. They're making the money from the promoters of the tours. Uh, then they also get the merch. Yeah. But but they're but the album sales, the CD sales, gone. Yeah. The the streaming money that that artists make is crap. It's absolutely they're getting raped and pillaged. And songwriters, songwriters are now are trying are trying desperately to to put up a flag and go, hey, us songwriters aren't getting jack crap for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a whole different ball game in that realm of concerts. Yeah. So the last thing I'm going to say is you being in this like industry, so you knew about music and the radio show and everything you've done. You see, and then you mentioned Napster, like people <laughs> downloading for free um, back in the day and started. And there was LimeWire and another one, Kaza. But you've seen everything change. Because you've been in since the beginning. You're talking about 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. So you've seen yeah, how. Were you were used to watching? Were were you used to listen to music on what's called a radio? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> radio industry is pretty much dead now. Yeah, um, because 
You can have a live, you know, you get apps like I'm a Spotify guy. That's just me. Mm-hmm. You can get an app like like Spotify. And why would you want a radio when you can get Spotify and and pick whatever you, you, you are, your own DJ? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So. That's why everything has to change, too. Even your 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 perspective on things and how to access things and, and getting used to things. Everything's changing now. Um, and you have to. It's almost like we're assimilating to to um, the way society's going now, which is a mm-hmm. good thing and a bad thing. You know, you can pick and choose. It's like it's like watching TV and having to sit through the commercials. If you PVR yeah. it, you can just yeah. skip commercials now. You know, it's just crazy. I think if I could give anyone advice when it comes to music at all, anybody who's even a, I say I'm an I'm an avid music listener, but even somebody who's not, listen outside your wheelhouse. Mm. If 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 you're primarily, you know, I'm I'm primarily rock, okay? Mm. But uh, but I will purposefully go okay, I'm going to listen to some of this newer country music. Mm. I just want to hear what's out there. I want to hear some of this new uh what's commonly referred to as rap music. Mm. I want stuff that's more on a classical side. Expand your wheelhouse. Like Paul Stanley has a band called Soul Station. Probably never heard of it. Soul Station is like a Motown Bam music. Mm-hmm. It's he's uh put out an album under Soul Station that's uh primarily it's music that's been out there before. There's a couple songs he's done himself. But if you heard it, you you most likely ain't gonna have a clue unless you know that distinct voice. You're not gonna know that that's Paul Stanley. Mm-hmm. So that's the advice I'd say. Expand your wheelhouse. Try to, even if you're like, ah, I hate country, try mm-hmm. it. What the hell? Less mm-hmm. than one or two. I don't, I don't so much. Like when it comes to rap, I'm old school. There's yeah. this guy called Eminem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the era I came from. Yeah. And as far as I know, it, and I could be wrong, but as far as I know, Eminem has never in any of his raps used the N word. Mm-hmm. And and I, I understand the use of it. I understand the the you know the culture. Right. But it sure is nice to hear a rapper who who avoids using the word just because yeah. they can use the word right right yeah <laughs> yo thanks for this insight on this um before i ask the last question ken we're gonna wrap up now i want to ask you a few questions about florida in no particular order but i just some things i want to know so i was in clearwater we were in the beach in clearwater and then i went to miami we went to miami beach and then we were on the plane my wife was reading one of the things in the whatever in the front of the the seat holder a magazine and um then she ju- she jumped on her phone and she was just googling some beaches in florida and then she was talking about beaches that were highly known for shark attacks <laughs> so i don't like sharks i'm afraid of sharks and um when i'm in the water we don't we don't go far out but is florida known for is there some beaches that are known to just a shark attacking people do you know about this I do not. I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard there have been some recent videos uh, in particular areas, especially on the ocean side, the east side of Florida. Okay. Uh, in regards to uh, there was a shark that was coming really close to shore around people and stuff. I don't know any place that has that reputation. I myself, of course, way back in the day when Jaws came out, yeah. I was scared crapless. <laughs> but I was, I, if I remember, I was still up north then, but I was scared crapless of going in the water. Yeah. But I don't even... It doesn't even phase me. I'm, I'm. My perspective is: well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. 
<laughs> I mean, if, if I, so I, I mean, I go in the water, I go about this deep in the water yeah. and then I stand on my hands. Okay. That's what I like to do. Yeah. I like to get down on the bottom of the water where it's quiet and feel around. Maybe I might find something down there, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't ever, I've never been one to go shark fin around here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's going to, you know, like I said, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've seen some idiot stuff. There's a guy who recently, I don't know if it was in Florida necessarily, but there was a TikTok challenge to touch touch the nose of a shark. Yeah. This guy touched a shark on a nose. Guess what happened? Well, from about here down, he no longer has an arm. So he won the challenge. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Yeah. Yeah. What's that saying? Place... Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, man. Jeez. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. But yeah, okay. So that's the shark thing. So now, alligators, man. So we went to Bush Gardens and we seen alligator. I sometimes get confused with the alligators and crocodiles. But um, where we were staying, I noticed that Florida has a lot of bodies of water around the housing right just always bodies mm-hmm. of water mm-hmm. and i read a sign that said no feeding the birds no swimming no waiting no feeding the alligators and i'm like mm-hmm. are you serious are there alligators in like the residential areas oh where- heck yes Ooh. oh absolutely absolutely and these there are gate i mean it depends on you know yeah i i know a lake that i've been to uh, you know, of course, it, it's got a big old sign there that warns you about gators and don't feed them or or harass them. Uh, and I've actually seen that they have artificial islands there at mm-hmm. this uh, particular lake to, for filtration of the water. Yeah. So they have to they have to pull these islands back to shore to shave them down. Mm-hmm. I've seen people in the water. And I'm thinking to myself. That's pretty damn stupid. <laughs> I, mean, I know because I've seen the gators, but yeah, heck yeah, golf courses, uh, any place. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a water source nearby, especially during their mating season. Big old gators. I'm talking, you know, ten footers. That you know, like you're like, oh my god, that's a baby dinosaur. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so this is not like when that sign is there. That means you oh, may. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a myth. <laughs> it's a fact. Even if there's an area where there's not a sign, especially if there is a water source uh, that's big enough, you know, like a, a, a wide enough creek or, uh, or or whatever some people don't call them creeks, but, mm-hmm. or a pond or a lake. Any, it, you know, if it's somewhere, I, I would definitely be cautious to know, you know, yeah, they're around. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. God. Uh, they're pretty fast too. You get too close to one, they can they can catch. They might be able to catch your ass. <laughs> oh, hey, this this is going in the teaser. This is going in the teaser. <laughs> yo, yo, thanks for that insight. When I go back, my mom was worried about me. So watch out for the gators. Um. But yeah, and the heat. Last thing I want to ask about. We talked about this. I don't know if we were recording at the time, but the heat has changed since back in the day, since when you got there. Is it hotter? Because like I said, I think we talked about it. When I was in Orlando, the heat was hot like years ago when I was in Orlando. This time in Tampa, it wasn't that hot. Like I could take it. It's like Toronto heat, this humid weather we get. But um, and there was a lot of raining days when I went last week. But um, has it changed from when you first arrived in florida till now it's certain i can only 
my humble opinion, it certainly seems it has, uh, it, especially this year. Uh, obviously, uh, we did touch on this earlier. The temperatures at this time of year in Florida, easily in the mid-90s, you know, low 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, humidity level in Florida is always usually up pretty high because obviously it's tropics, rain, rain gets done. You'll have a rain in the middle of the day, you know, like 1 o'clock in the afternoon that's, you know, maybe 20 minutes long. Uh, and then it's sun. Well, now it's a steam basket. <laughs> yeah. But especially this year, despite the fact that the temperatures are relatively the same and actually the humidity levels, because I've been checking them, have been down um, in the 60, 70 range humidity wise. Usually it's up in the high 80s humidity wise. Mm-hmm. So you feel that steam heat. Even with the humidity down, temperature where it is, it feels different. It yeah. feels like you're. It, just feels eat eat too yeah. high, yeah. <laughs> and wow. and I'm I, wise enough to know that okay, I definitely got to make sure I'm keeping water in me, even yeah. if I'm in the sh- even if you're in the shade. Some people get in that falsehood that okay, so what? I'm I'm in the shade. Yeah, it's hot, but it's cooler in the shade, which of course it is. Mm-hmm. I don't need I don't need the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a couple <laughs> hours. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you be kind of feeling delusional and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Again, thanks for sharing that. The last thing we're going to do, Ken, before I go to the donations, um, the balloons, is you're going to pick a, a card for me to read out. Do you choose the Blue Jays or the Raptors? I'll have to go with the Blue Jays. Mm. Name one challenging thing you had to overcome in life. Not committing suicide. And it's taking me to where I am now because I can damn well guarantee you I have contemplated suicide many, many, many times because I just, whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I stood on a bridge back in 2017. I got myself as drunk as I ever been in my life. Um, I was live streaming on Periscope and trying to convince myself to jump off the bridge. Well, someone who happened to be a follower of mine, who happened to be in the broadcast, knew I lived in Fort Pierce. They got off the broadcast. Somehow they got a hold of Fort Pierce Police Department, although it was nighttime. I don't know how they did it. So unbeknownst to me, the Fort Pierce Police Department is looking for some guy who's on a bridge threatening to kill himself. Mind you, I'm as drunk as I've ever been. Well, obviously I didn't. I got home. Uh, before I could get out of my car, police were here. And, uh, you know, so they determined, okay, you're not suicidal, but you're drunk as hell, (laughs) which flipped my life all upside down because I got a DUI. I had to give up my car. Um, so that even after my wife had left, so it's like one thing on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. And then I, I'm like, I I can't, I don't want this life. If it were a light switch, I swear, I wish I could just go up and go. And I can't have a gun because I've been Baker acted more than one time. If you don't know what that means, it means you've been, that means you've been put in a mental health facility against your will. It's basically like prison, but you get to walk around. (laughs) Supposedly they're going to help foolishly. The first time I ever did it, I voluntarily went into a mental health facility because I thought they could help me. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that they, they don't, they just, they give you, you know, usually they're, minimum 72 hours day two they'll put you with a psychiatrist for about 15 minutes he puts you on some sort of psychotropic medication 
which won't take effect for months in your system. And then you basically have a good day, go. <laughs> so I couldn't, I can't have a gun because of being, but I think that's a, a good thing because sometimes I think if I had a gun, uh, there's the easy way, you know, mm-hmm. just, Hey, here's a gun, put up, <laughs> make sure to fill it with bullets <laughs> just to be extra good. And then just, but I don't, I can't get myself there. So I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> mm. so, so yeah, that's, a that's that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not an easy, uh, what I've learned at I'm 59 now, uh, is to get to a point where it's like, you know what? You damn well better start loving yourself. Mm. Uh, cause I wasn't. And, and what's helped me and be honest with you, um, I have a fair amount of female followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 99% of my followers are girls <laughs> and they're, they're very attractive women. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me a whole hell of a lot that all of a sudden I'm getting these messages in, you know, on my post or whatever. You're cute. You're handsome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's helped my self-esteem because I never felt that way. And I never thought a girl looked at me like that. Yeah. So that's helped kind of like maybe, you know, the best lesson I've learned <clears throat> is I've been through some stuff that <laughs> we didn't even touch on is I got to keep moving forward. Uh, it's kind of like that movie. Um, uh, what's a castaway yeah. where uh, Tom Hanks character finally gets rescued and he's back home and he's he, actually, he's on an airplane if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And he's like uh, something about, he has ice in the glass and wow. What a, you know, this is like luxury. And, yeah. you know, and realizing that I could have died, uh, you yeah. know, but, but you never know what the tide's going to bring in, you know, I'm going to brought in the sail for him mm-hmm. to get off the Island. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of gotten to that point where I'm like, I don't understand why I'm still here, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. The hardest thing is I'd rather have a girl in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in a relationship for 22 years, 18 of it married, yeah. but I figured the best thing I can do is fix me, love me and keep moving forward. Uh, yeah. Thank, thanks for sharing that, Ken. Um, I think I did hear something about that too. Um, it's hard to, uh, I don't know how you feel opening up about it again. I don't know if you ever done it on a podcast like this, but um, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that you're doing better now and I'm sure you still have your challenges but it's it's good to hear that those kind of things are helping you keep going, and I hope even conversations with with people like me too help you keep going. And we we have our interactions on even though social media, but I like our interactions too. So um, you have a lot to live for, bro. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me that I'm on a podcast. I'm not thinking it of that way. I'm thinking that I'm just talking to Peter. <laughs> yeah, and where I'm just. I would be this, you know, if I was in front of a crowd uh, on stage and somebody mm-hmm. was asking and I could see the people out there, it wouldn't bother. I look, I'm just going to say, I'm going to be me. That's kind of in a sense, that's how my name morphed. Real Hey Ken was simply because of, I wanted people to know it was the real Hey Ken on Twitter, yeah. but it morphed into the fact that I'm real, <laughs> that I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, there are people, you know, in, I'm not an influencer necessarily, but there are people who want to put a falsehood of a life yeah. they have, especially on Instagram and medias like that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
showing things like a car that they don't own or uh, in a house that isn't there, whatever. Yeah. No, well, I'm going to, I'm going to show you the sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> wow. Yo, Ken, I really appreciate this. And now we're going to do something good too. So as people know, I donate to a charity after every episode and it's based on the balloon that my guest selects for me to pop. So the charities for season seven are Claws, Kawartha Lakes Animal Wellness Society, the Fundraiser Warriors, four little boys doing good things, raising money for different charities, and also um, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, so by my hands, which one do you want me to pop? The left, the middle, or the right? Left. Right. Season seven. Let's see. And I believe your episode eight. Um, Star Scorpio will be donating to. <clears throat> I didn't hear it pop. <laughs> I, yo, I when I watch it back, you can't hear the pop. Yeah, so I can't. I couldn't hear it. I even got headphones in. Yeah, he doesn't. You didn't oh. pop it. You lied. I should have seen that on the screen. You got to start over. <laughs> okay, here we go. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it, but when we pull it away, huh? you still can't see it. Make a wish foundation. Cool. Yeah. So that's, that's cool good. that you do that. It's mm -hmm. one of those things. Um, it's not necessarily because you did that. I'll speak about it, but it, there's things you do in your life that you just do. And mm -hmm. I'm straight up telling you, I'm on a social security disability. That's a fixed income. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do rent a room out here. So obviously that helps. Yeah. I try to every month, uh, if it's not make a wish, um, it's St. Jude's hospital mm -hmm. or it's disabled veterans, mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. even if it's a 10 or 15 bucks, it's something, it's something I feel necessary for myself to do just because like, I want to do it, you know, right. not because I mean, I, just cause it's not something to talk about because it's not like you, if you're a person who does this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're doing it because you want people to go, oh, you're great. Wow, yeah. man. Or that you're expecting something in return. Mm -hmm. You just do it because you can do it. And that's pretty cool that you're doing that. Thank you, man. And the way, just to let people know who haven't even listened to this, the way it started, like I started my podcast for whatever reason, you know, I always talk about it, right? I wanted to do something. I was a comedian and I like talking to people. I want to share stories of others. And my daughter's friend who's a tattoo artist, she was the first one who does my thumbnails and everything. Um, but the reason I did it, I wanted to give back. So at my age, I've had experiences with people who who pass from serious conditions, like ALS, Alzheimer's, cancer. So I'm like, I want to give back to these, these, these charities. So that's how it started. And then it morphed into something bigger. I think for a couple of seasons, I had my guests choose the charity of their choice and I would donate to their charities. But um, it just feels good giving back, um, you know, even like you said, 10, 15, 20 dollars, things like that. It all helps out. It accumulates. And it's and it's the thought behind it. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I th and like I said, I think it's commendable that you do that. And there are the people out there that I'm sure do that and do it the same way. They just do it. And, and, and it is like like myself, I don't. It's hard for me to speak highly of myself, yeah. okay. <laughs> but you know, I'm not like I'm waving a flag, but it's, you know, somebody out there doing that. That's great that they're doing it, whatever it is, make a wish. I can definitely think of John Cena, a uh, former wrestler uh, yeah. who's, who's got like the record 
you know, for going to see uh, people who have the issues where, you know, they're, they're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And I cannot phantom to imagine in any aspect what it would be like to go to a hospital or wherever it is. And especially if you're seeing a kid and they're, they're so happy to see you, mm-hmm. but you know, the clock's ticking fast. Yeah. That's, that's got to be highly challenging. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, my guest to Doreen, I met her on my other channel. Um, she's involved with Make-A-Wish. And she's the one that told me about John Cena being, he's done mm. the most Make-A-Wish. Yeah, he's yeah, got she, the record. Yeah, yeah, she told me about that. Amazing. So before we go, Ken, I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming out. Let the people know where they could find you on the socials. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> most of them are uh, real. Hey, Ken, with the number one, all one word. So I'm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, under Twitter, I'm under my name, Ken Sills. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a, a Facebook page, Real Hey Ken One. Um, I'm on Clapper, which most people have never heard of. It's a like a one minute. Well, whatever. It's a streaming app too that you can do videos, kind of like TikTok, but calmer. Mm-hmm. There, I'm uh, real Haken number one. And the newest, which I'm going to be working diligently on, and I might have a deal in the works. Oh, nice. Uh, and my new TikTok account, which is Ken Sills 8, also real Haken. I think I put the number one there too. Mm-hmm. So Perfect. All right. Season seven with Ken Sills, Star Scorpio, and we out.